May 1st, 2015, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. The day was cloudy, blustery, with a force we had not seen before and wouldn't see since. Sitting in my literature course, when a young boy who I had known for seven years turned to me, we began to talk and it was innocent at first until he said the words that would shatter my life forever. Do you remember in sixth grade when you pissed your pants? I was shocked. I didn't understand. I was scared. I had no grip on reality. For dear listeners, I did not piss my pants in the sixth grade. I did not. I did not, I did not piss my pants in the sixth grade. For fellow listeners, I puked right outside the classroom, entrapping them. And to think that my dear peer, Rodrigo, could make a mix-up like this was beyond me. And that is when I knew that stories like this weren't uncommon in... The danger zone. The danger zone! (laughs) I'm Spooky Maddie, and I never pissed my pants, and you're listening to Anomalous. I'm Spooky Maddie. Welcome back to your favorite show, <laughs> Anomalous, <laughs> where we talk about all things that are beyond the powers of imagination. May 1st, 2015 was like a week before we graduated high school. So yeah. that kid like came up to you and he felt he just had to get it off his chest before you guys didn't see each other anymore. <laughs> Like, he just had to say it? Uh, well, I think truthfully we were talking. I had brought it up first. Remember when I puked <laughs> right. sixth grade and trapped you all in the classroom? And he was like, oh, yeah, and you pissed your pants. <laughs> I was like, no. I did not. <laughs> I didn't piss my pants. Ay, ay, ay. That's just another thing we can put on the list of uh, anomalous scenarios. Mm-hmm. Who does he remember pissing their pants after puking? Couldn't have been you. It was not me. I don't even know if he... No, I think he said, yeah, you puked and peed your pants. I just puked. I puked all over myself, but I did not (laughs) pee my pants. Okay? And there are other people who could attest to that, I think. That's one mystery that's actually solved. Yeah. And we don't want to hear anything else about it. Honestly. Well, uh, here I am. (laughs) Spooky Maddie. Dry pants that are not pissed. Mm-hmm. And my compadre. I'm just Cullen, and I'm here, and I'd like to say at the top of the show, before any shenanigans start, that I am not a nerd. I'm not a nerd, and I won't accept any slanderous lies being told by my co-host about how I'm a nerd. I'm just a mechanical engineer by day, Ew. and on the weekends, I like to wonder about quantum mechanics. Ew. <laughs> he is a huge <laughs> nerd. Love of my life. Uh, what? 
That's the love of my life right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if you want to donate to my PayPal, be like, damn, that's rough. You living with the nerd. Today, we're very excited to present to you the Mandela Effect. The Mandela Effect. Woo-hoo. We've got a little scenario to posit. So, so take a moment, even if you're driving, close your eyes. Close your eyes, relax. Follow along with us. Imagine one day you suddenly remember one of your favorite movies from when you were a kid. You can't remember the movie exactly, but you know enough about the characters and plot to Google it. Yet no matter what you search, you can't find any reference to the movie. Not on Wikipedia, YouTube, IMDb, nowhere. But then you find a forum thread filled with people remembering the same movie with the same exact details, and they all have the same question. How did this movie just vanish? You, my friend, have just experienced the Mandela Effect. The Mandela Effect. The Mandela Effect. It's really nice to, you know, like, when you name something after someone, you give them a legacy. <laughs> So disrespectful. So it's really great. We'll get into... Oh my... You know, just how great it is that this is the legacy of whoever Mandela was. Oh my god, that's almost as offensive as all the teeny bopper TikTokers, like, the Mandela effect? (laughs) (laughs) Girl, get a job! So... The Mandela Effect, named after Nelson Mandela, if you don't know who that is, be ashamed, but we'll get into it. (laughs) We'll get into how ashamed you should be, to be very clear. Spoiler alert, extremely ashamed of yourself. Put on the Dunsat, we sent it to your house, we paid all the shipping, put on the Dunsat. Put it on. Listen to the rest of the episode, maybe you'll learn something for once. (laughs) We're always so mean to our listeners, and the worst part is, is... We're just saying these things to our friends and family. Yep. Our only listeners are our loving friends and family who I'm sure are doing this chore of listening (laughs) to our episodes just to support us. And instead of appreciating it, we sent them all dunce caps. Imagine doing someone a favor and they're just like, put on the freaking dunce cap, you dummy, you (laughs) idiot. Be ashamed of yourself. God. So the Mandela effect is where a significant portion of people remember a detail or event differently from how it actually happened. No one can see the quotes you just did with your hand, but the venom might have come through. I think it did. (laughs) Often the people who remember another version of things have memories that match one another's and often include vivid details. The Mandela Effect gained serious popularity around 2009 and has only grown since then, mostly online. Yeah, we're going to go through a couple examples of the Mandela Effect here. But if you look online under Mandela Effect and scroll past all of the articles that are like, this is why your brain's tricking you, which are (laughs) propaganda. Yes. Then you'll see so many lists of this scenario because it's basically just like, an internet culture thing at this point. There is a lot of examples. Some are more convincing. One is more convincing than the rest. But yeah, there are tons of examples. It has gained a lot of steam. So I would say most, if not all of our listeners have heard of this because it has um, breached the mainstream. We will only be talking about a few examples, but once again, there are millions. So if you want to reach out with one we haven't mentioned that maybe you've noticed, 
this, that could be fun. <laughs> we could mention it yeah, or we... do a follow-up episode. Totally. So let's get into details of the more famous Mandela effects and starting with the titular... <laughs> nice. <laughs> Death of Nelson Mandela, Cullen. <laughs> I'm going to put that on you. Not the right time to use a word that has the word tit in it. Yeah, you wrote these notes. Sure did. <laughs> so for the unenlightened and take a second, put on your dunce cap. If you really don't know who Nelson Mandela, like I'm not joking. You should be ashamed. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. We're not joking. You're a dunce. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson Mandela was a politician and civil rights activist in South Africa beginning in the 1940s who battled and overthrew apartheid. I just want to quickly mention, we're going to get into more Elon Musk bashing as this goes on, but Elon Musk's family became rich off of apartheid emeralds. So disgusting. Yeah. Fuck them. Horrible. Anyways, this isn't a topic that we're going to get in depth for the show. We're not really a history uh, show. You're not going to see episode 60 of Anomalous Apartheid. It's just not the vibe that we have on. You're just not going to learn anything from us. It's our civic and civil Ooh. duty for you to become dumber after listening to us. I just We have never been civil about it. <laughs> nice. So, once again, Nelson Mandela, the South African apartheid is not a topic we're going to get deeply into, but if you don't know what it is, you genuinely have a duty to look it up and learn about it. <laughs> like especially in light of well, the entirety of America. Yeah, so legitimately even if you get some fast facts, it is something you must know. So the entire Mandela Effect phenomenon named after Nelson Mandela began with Fiona Broom, a self-identified quote-unquote paranormal consultant, when she claimed to vividly remember Nelson Mandela dying in prison in the 1980s. Factually, he did not die in prison. He went on to be the president of South Africa from 1994 to 1995 and lived until 2013. Fiona Broom is a woman so interesting, the About Fiona section on her own website returns a 404. When you have your own about section returning a link not found, that's, that is tough. That's right. Yeah, so what happened was, I believe when he was released from prison, Fiona was like, um, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. What? And she describes remembering news coverage and even specifically the speeches that were given after he had died in her mind. <laughs> and as is the most important detail with all the Mandela effect scenarios, a bunch of other people remember the exact same thing. Him dying in prison in the 1980s and there being a big fanfare and specifically a very heartfelt speech from his widow. Exactly right. The strange thing is she was not alone at all in remembering these things. Many other people claim to have vivid memories of the same event, lining up very closely with each other's and Fiona's recollection. That discovery opened up the floodgates. Since then, the internet has connected thousands of people who collectively remember details of the world differently from how they quote unquote factually happened. We will get more into kind of debunking, depending on what you want to believe, specific Mandela effects. 
But to me, this one is extremely important and very hard to debunk because a lot of people were saying maybe another high profile black person died and had like a big funeral. But there hasn't been anything that really matched up well with that in the time she remembered. I I really believe this one if you're going to believe any because the details are so vivid. And once again, it's so high profile that it's like, I don't think I'm going to mix up. Nelson Mandela with like anyone else and it makes sense that it's something that a lot of people remember I mean is this trash to say but I remember when Michael Jackson died (laughs) and his funeral and things like that but that was more of a celebration (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ I don't remember us using any party poppers at Nelson Mandela's funeral but we definitely had a few at Michael Jackson's that's such I was a child When did he die? I was in like fourth or fifth grade. Oh, okay. So just out of the danger zone for him anyway. Oh my God. So her and the other original people who believed they remembered Nelson Mandela's death started the Mandela Effect website. And it's really interesting. I think if you want to get details, because these are extremely vivid memories and In fact, I don't know if it's her or someone else who remembers the widow's speech, but they remember like exact points in the speech. Right. I just, you know what? I just really think that so many people remembering Nelson Mandela's death specifically, like they know who Nelson Mandela is. He was in prison and then he died in prison. That to me is like the biggest one that is... Very difficult to debunk. And as good as Nelson Mandela's death being misremembered is, is like one of the least debunkable Mandela effects. His name being used for (laughs) this effect is unfortunate in so many ways. Yeah. And in addition to that, yes, Nelson Mandela's death being misremembered is one of the hardest to debunk. But that's not exactly representative of the entire genre. Yeah. There's a lot that we'll get into that are a lot more fun. The first one is very somber. Yeah. But what's our next one? What's our next one on the list? Um, The Berenstein. Yeah, yeah, the Berenstein yeah. Bears, yeah. Okay, legitimately a uh, call for information. If you have a better way to refer to the Mandela effect, let us know. And it also really legitimately hurts my spirit when those teeny boppers are like, Mandela? <laughs> <laughs> God. Us and our 15 listeners will repeatedly and fraudulently re-Google whatever the new name we come up with for the Mandela effect until it becomes the dominant one on Google. Oh my gosh. We could become famous for rebranding the Mandela effect and that people would have to listen to at least this episode. The anomalous effect. The next biggest one, the Berenstein Bears, I would say brought a new fervor, I guess, to the Mandela effect. And a lot of the younger crowd, it's like, you know, instead of learning about Nelson Mandela, you just read about a family of bears. (laughs) Yeah, that is the arc of every single article about the Mandela effect, where they're like, this is the Mandela effect. It's wild and crazy. Now to take a serious moment. Nelson Mandela, they thought, died in the 1980s, but in it was prison. really 2013. Yeah. But we know why you're oh all here. Do, 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 do. <laughs> do you remember Bears. Berenstein Bears or Berenstein Bears? Do you remember that? That's crazy, isn't it? How you remember it's the wrong way? 
It's pretty insane the difference between like Nelson Mandela's death <laughs> and like a serial logo. <laughs> <How>? <laughs> the difference of importance. <laughs> so sad. So that's why we are very serious when we say if you don't know the the real legacy of Nelson Mandela, you have a duty to <laughs> look it up. And with this making ourselves feel better out of the way, oh my God. let's have a little bit of fun. So probably the second most famous Mandela effect and like I said, it was kind of like reinvigorated the popularity by a lot would be the Berenstein or Berenstain Bears. So how do you remember the kids book? Was it Berenstain Bears with an E like Steen or Berenstain Bears with an A? I can almost bet that you don't remember it if you're young as Berenstain. Yeah, I grew up and my brother grew up with the Berenstain Bears and I definitely remember it as Berenstain. This is one that for my own personal experience, I'm like, that is kind of crazy because I was such a nerdy, annoying, pedantic child <laughs> that if it was spelled with an A, I'm sure when my mom would read it to me, I'd be like, um, do you mean Berenstain would be how it's pronounced? <laughs> Aren't you the same kid who's most prominent photo on the wall of your family's home is you sitting there, feet kicked up, flowers around you in a professional photo shoot, and you're reading a dictionary? Exactly. Exactly correct. So I think I would remember if it was Berenstain. So this phenomenon, though, is one of the rare examples with some physical evidence. Photos of merchandise have surfaced with the name Berenstain printed on them, specifically a VHS and some plushies, according to our research. Yeah, these things that slipped through, like, the guys, you know? Mm -hmm. Was it really at some point Berenstain? I mean, it was never a problem for me because whenever my dad would read me the books, he just called them the Dirty Polish Bears. Oh my god! So I didn't really have a lot of the confusion going on, but I see that it would, you know, it would yeah. trip some people up. Yeah, if they were, yeah, <laughs> I got that. Yeah, so once this came to light, a lot of people were like, oh, did they change their names? And no, no one has come out and said like, oh yeah, it was Berenstein and then we changed it, so. It's just quietly different for yeah. everyone who remembers it. And quietly has always been Berenstain, apparently. 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 So if you didn't get behind that one, I can guarantee <laughs> we'll get you on board. Are you ready to jump into deep 1990s nostalgia for something that doesn't exist? Because the next one on the list is Shazam, starring once extremely 90s comedian Sinbad. <laughs> yeah. If anything, it makes you feel for the millennials or whatever. It's like, man, these 30-year-olds are out here struggling. Like, I have no meaning in life. Remember Shazam? <laughs> I can't pay rent. <laughs> Sinbad? Um, yeah. So our next example that a lot of people cite, very popular, would be the movie Shazam featuring Sinbad. So many claim to remember a movie being released in 90s called Shazam, featuring comedian Sinbad. Some remember the plot as being about two kids who found the genie and wished that their dad would fall in love again. Others even remember specific details, like the finale that happened at a pool party. Uh, I have seen stories of someone who used to work at a, like, blockbuster, rest in peace, <laughs> that, like, they specifically remember watching it all the time and, like, seeing the cover and, like, they remember the entire plot. And I think if you look online, they have written out the entire 
entire plot that they can remember. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that as well. It's a pretty popular one. He seems mad about it because he was talking about how he had to rewind all of these tapes and like see them all the time working at his yeah. like, dad's <laughs> video store. And he seems to feel as though that time is even somehow more worthless <laughs> if, if the movie he was pointlessly rewinding and putting back on the shelves never existed. That's fair. If they told me, so I used to work at a, a childcare, <laughs> if they told me trolls didn't exist... Oh, God. That'd be brutal. I or, watch that all the time. What if you looked around one day after working tirelessly at Payless and people just didn't have feet? Oh, my God. I'd be like, then what am I getting paid nothing for? <laughs> nothing. True. You're getting paid to make your manager cry. I made my manager cry. It was funny. That's upsetting the power balance, and I love it. Oh, yeah. So Sinbad himself, because people were bothering him, has denied ever being in such a movie, and no evidence exists that it was ever made. But did he fully deny it? Did he? So this is fun. On Twitter, Sinbad admitted himself, quote, there's three tapes left. There are three Shazam videos still out there we did not find. And if we find you, we're going to kill you, unquote. It's fantastic. He also talked about how the government had to put in a lot of work to like <laughs> go out there and collect all yeah. of the different tapes to, and destroy them. To commit not as hard as it would be now post internet, but to completely destroy all Shazam. People have been really giving Sinbad a hard time about this. Oh yeah. He tried to have fun with it. Especially more now that it's calmed down a bit. But man, man, yeah. people hammered it home with him for a while. And I, yeah, I think I remember hearing him like an interview or something. He's like, just fucking waking up one day and everyone was like, were you in the movie Shazam? <laughs> I'm like, what? Please. <laughs> Why are How you do I work this? this Twitter thing? I'd really like to go back to being irrelevant. <laughs> Damn. Ah, uh, no, he was like... He was a good comedian back in the 90s. And when I say that, I mean deeply, deeply in the 90s. Like his stand-up special in 1990 started with him coming out with four background dancers. And then they all do like a routine to like hip hop, but it's like hip hop in the same way that it was in the deep nineties, where you would hear the exact song played out of like a Casio learn to play mm. piano keyboard. <laughs> and then the next five minutes are him doing a Keith sweat impression. <laughs> and then he starts to get into material about how like, isn't it crazy how long you have to wait to get a double cheeseburger at McDonald's? <laughs> that's great. It is. Yeah, it really that's is. Crazy. But that's not even true anymore, how much we've changed. Who gets a single cheeseburger anymore? That's true. Or a single burger of any kind anywhere. That's, that's completely your, shifted. That's your own fault if you're just waiting for a single cheeseburger. Nowadays, the that's the specialty item that you have to wait for is the single. Because yeah. they have to peel up the second burger from on top of... Because they make a double because everyone gets a double. Am I doing Sinbad's routine now? Yes. <laughs> but also looking back, because I also watched some of his more recent stand-up. And all of it is like, it's funny. It's funny. He might be the most economical comedian to ever exist. Because back in the 90s when he was like doing college circuits as a young guy... He had all these jokes about like, isn't it crazy how like you call someone's house and they're not there or like there's skeletons waiting for their double cheeseburger in the McDonald's line. And now that he's an older guy performing to the same audience, but grown up, he's adopted a boomer stance where he can talk <laughs> about the same stuff. That's great. He's like, 
using all of the buffalo. It's amazing. <laughs> he makes a joke back in the 90s about like, you have to wait so long to get a McDouble. And then 30 years later, he's like, huh, all of you kids don't realize that back in the day, you had to wait to get a McDouble. <laughs> genius. <laughs> he's oh, a genius. Oh, to grow old with Sinbad. So, I have some rapid-fire Mandela effects for you. One was specifically suggested from my brother. Okay, do you remember it? Fruit Loops, <laughs> F-R-U-I-T, or Fruit Loops, F-R-O-O-T. Okay, so this is like kind of a quiz section for me. Yes. I think I remember double O's on both of them? Yeah. Maybe? That is what a lot of people thought, but it's actually Fruit Loops, like just spelled fruit, which is just a bad marketing that, <laughs> idea. That's one of those things where you know they didn't do it because they didn't think of it. Damn, they yeah. should be hiring all of us. They should and be. they should change it because they're like, wow, that is that is actually a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Fruit Loops. <laughs> but now they can't because they're like, you never listen to the child customer. Damn. That's what they say. I think I remember it as a double O. And let me tell you, me and my brother grew up <laughs> eating cereal for breakfast and dinner. Lunch was special. Lunch, we would have... Vienna sausages. Vienna sausages from the can. So, you know, we know our, <laughs> we know our cereals. legitimately salivating. Me and my brother are lactose intolerant, too, so... Like, it's a mission, it's a journey spiritually and physically to eat as many bowls of cereal as we do. And they take pride in having taken no precautions. They don't take <laughs> lactate, and yet it destroys them for the entire day. We went out and bought three different versions of different cereals, and you're like, I'm going to try them all. And then had three bowls, and then the rest of the day you were just moaning on the couch about how you were so bloated. <laughs> yeah, my ears were like... <laughs> I literally had ringing in my ear. That is not good. <laughs> yeah, my brother sometimes would have cereal and then have to miss school. <laughs> God, that is the perfect day for him, though. It's a great day. Cereal is great. This is big cereal saying, <laughs> doesn't matter if it's UIT or OO. It's, it is weird. It's a weird marketing choice. And fruit is kind of an ugly word. <laughs> it doesn't it. look very good with the UI. Yeah. I do not like It's too French. <laughs> but I know for a fact that, yeah, they're not going to change it to be Fruit Loops for the nostalgia factor. Because if cereal companies actually created cereals to align with what the youth wanted to do, Kellogg's would have invented a cereal to promote masturbation, not to get rid of oh it. Oh my god. <laughs> That's a fun little history fact that I think you brought up before. So a little glimpse behind the curtain in um, the real life relationship of Spooky Maddie and Jess Cullen... I, every other day, usually quiz Colin on a Mandela effect I found, and he usually is like, no, I remember the right one, because I am right. <laughs> and I was like, you don't remember it? Like, oh, oh. And he's like, um, no. Anyways. <laughs> Come on. Come on. So many times. It's happened a lot. <laughs> okay. But how about the peanut butter brand? Is it Jif or is it Jiffy? This is a problem. I ran into this one recently and I know that it is Jif, but fuck me if I didn't think it was Jiffy for like yeah. years. Once again, it kind of makes more sense. Like, I don't know. It's just more fun. Jiffy. Yeah, I mean, I think that might also be partially on parents. The name Jif is almost bureaucratic. <laughs> it's just 
stone face, just like a square government building. <laughs> Whereas yeah. if you're going to spice it up for you, can you want a little bit of jelly and jiffy on there? Yeah, for sure. There you go. It makes a lot more sense. more fun. I feel like I've asked you about that before. And you're like, I don't fucking know. One, I didn't do the grocery shopping. I was a child too. I only ate Peter Pan, plebeian. <laughs> this is, okay, we've delved into a realm of pure lies. Uh, pure logic. This oh, is <laughs> this is a roast session. Okay. And you're trying to mix together a roast with an intervention. <laughs> so you're doing like a surprise roast. That's just being mean to someone. Oh. Anyways, so <laughs> okay, how about the famous quote is not actually Luke, I am your father, but he rather just says no. I am your father. Because they were having a whole conversation. You don't just throw <laughs> someone's name in there unless you're trying to call them from across the house because they did something bad. If you're like doing a father reveal. I, I suppose like you would... if you want to formal it up, but it seems disrespectful. That's something a Karen would do. <laughs> they're like talking Luke, to you and they're like. Lucas, Henry, Skywalker. Look at me. Look at me. I am your father. <laughs> sort of kind of turned into a Trump impression at the end. <laughs> what? Lucas? Lucas, get down here right now. This Jar Jar Binks character is not funny at all, and it's definitely racist. <laughs> Go to your room. Let your wife clean up the scraps. <laughs> She'll edit this movie into something that a human being could watch. <laughs> Honestly, though. So we're not going to get in depth with all of these small examples. I just want to say a lot of people are like, oh, it's because when you're referencing the line, you don't want it completely out of context. But yeah. I don't I don't think so. Like, I am your father is still very famous line. And also there are plenty of movie lines that are just completely out of context. Well, another one from the exact same scene is most people think that the line Luke replies with is, no, that's impossible. <laughs> but actually it is no, that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> that is an early Valentine's Day present to you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I've talked to you about something that I get confused about. The Mona Lisa, whether she's smiling or not. This is another one where you're like, oh, well, if you look into her mischievous eyes and <laughs> they say it all and Leonardo da Vinci's vision. And you, you make me act like I somehow broke into the Louvre after hours and they're just feathering inches away from it, almost going in for the kiss, but I'm not sure whether she likes it <laughs> or not. That is what you were acting. It isn't. I said, no, she's not smiling per se, but there's like a hint of it. Like a little smirk. Like she's not doing like the perfectly up and down mouth mouth with two dot eyes that's no expression <laughs> and she's not frowning so it's yeah. like a little hint of a smile she's looking at leo's thick bulging calves wow mm -hmm. they look like two little blimp hindenburgs taped to the back of his legs <laughs> jesus so to throw an example of just completely out of context davinky <laughs> yeah, I remember kind of a smile because people talk about that a lot too. And there was a Wizards of Waverly Place episode about Mona Lisa's smile. So sit on that. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. Watch it on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> We're not sponsored by them and we never will be. True. 
bad mouse. Oh, is that good? It's <laughs> way too sexual. Let's just move on. So this is a fun one. I recently followed a Twitter that is like kind of... Was it the one that said, I'm not far left, I'm not far right, I'm farting? Bitch, I'm farting. I just... <laughs> she sent me on her phone to go look up a tweet she had liked and I accidentally <laughs> ran across that one that she'd liked and it's, the judgment for the rest of the car ride was it was stately I would describe it as it was like <laughs> me delivering from behind the gavel just a sentence for it's because it's not even true I'm far left and farting yeah you can be both you can be both it's like one of those scales where it's like the x and the y axis you're far left but you're also at the highest ranges of farting <laughs> It's true. So I follow this Twitter that's like kind of just the goofiest forum entries of like paranormal experiences, just kind of fun. And one was on the Mandela Effect subreddit. And it's like, does anyone remember sayonara being a Spanish word and not a Japanese word? Because I thought it was Spanish. And I told my friends and they also thought it was Spanish. And then the comment is just like, this is why no one takes this seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> do you remember it as a Spanish word? No. <laughs> The, the commenter is completely right. How yeah. dare they? Um, now we're going to get into some of the theories of what the phenomena could be caused by, could be all about. So let's get a little psychological with it. I want you to remember that I have a degree in psych, so boom. And a degree in biology, so she's attacking your brain from two angles. Two angles. Beep. Everyone's like, why don't you just do neuroscience? And I said, why don't you just mind your business? Why don't you fucking suck my dick? Why don't you <laughs> suck on my dick? Suck on it. How about you lick and suck on my dick? Okay, Would Jesus. you please? Would you please? Would you please suck on my dick? I got kicked <coughs> out of college, so they're technically half degrees, uh, but they make one whole one by telling my counselor to slob on my knob. <laughs> My psych, are, are, my abnormal psych classes couldn't prepare for me. <laughs> I was like, why don't you study this? And I mooned them. <laughs> so, um, to quote Robert Evans, there are three sides to every story. Your side, my side, and the truth. Ooh, the Healthline article. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, one of the main theories, <laughs> downer, is false memories and aka confabulation. This, I honestly think, is the case for some of the Mandela Effect examples, some of the smaller ones. Confabulation is basically an honest yet incorrect memory. In many cases, confabulation happens when a person doesn't have or remember the exact details of a memory. In these cases, the mind fills in what seems to be the most likely details or events. One study had people wait in an office, then afterwards they were asked to name items in that room. They would consistently name items that would fit in an office despite none being present. Oh, oh all right. Are we already done with the exam? All right. So, uh, yeah, I was waiting in the office. Yeah, sure. Oh, what was in it? That's a good question. Well, I think there was a, there was a computer. There was a stapler. Um, I think that there was a mug. There was a coffee mug. I think that there was a there was a bottle of sweet sweet whiskey hidden away in the filing cabinet. <laughs> um, if I remember correctly, that there was some legal pads there as well and some pens. I think taped underneath the desk there was a revolver that had <laughs> that had the names of my coworkers etched under the bullets. Damn. Is that correct? <laughs> 
Yeah, it's very interesting. Memory is extremely valuable. Your brain fills in a lot (laughs) of your day-to-day. You're not actually processing everything you perceive, not even close. I mean, you have like a blind spot in your vision that your brain is constantly filling in. All right, come on. Oh, well, you have, okay. I have. You have a a bit of a blind spot in your vision. It's called the whole eye. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's just... We could talk about it. I'm sorry. And <laughs> people are gonna think I'm a one-eyed cancer victim now, because <laughs> only the cancer part's true. Yeah, I mean, you have two eyes; they're just blind. They're just blind as shit. You're just okay. So fucking blind they are. How dare you? Cullen does not have one-eyed cancer patient. No, oh poor one. He's a blind cancer patient. Get mm. it right. I don't have one eye that just works and one eye that doesn't work at all. I have two eyes that barely work. <laughs> so okay. get it right. Put some respect on his name. Yeah. Um, when you're remembering things, you're not like going back and remembering your perceptions every time you're remembering like your last memory. Right. Also, when you are remembering something, it's the same process and the same part of the brain that runs us imagining what our futures are going to be like or predicting what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. So just like your brain would fill in assumed details about what's going to happen next, what's most likely, it's doing the same thing when you're pulling memories. And those rewrites, those like changes that your brain might make, because it's like, oh, it wouldn't make sense if it happened like this. That's Mm -hmm. the most obvious thing. It gets rewritten back as that. Yeah. Your brain is constantly rewriting memories. So it's like you have the original thing that happened, how you perceived and processed it. And then once that gets stored, whenever you look back onto it, you're just looking back on that picture. And then when you look back, that picture is saved. And so you're looking back on like the second draft of that picture. It's like of Xerox over and over again. But instead of like the words just degrading, as one becomes so unreadable, your brain just like writes in whatever word it thinks was there and then use Xerox it again. It's something that could be a little scary, um, but it's also just like you have to know it's true that your memories are, I mean, they could be not even close to reality. And false memories, there's a lot of kind of breaking research. It's it's something that's still being researched a lot, kind of still controversial in the psych field. But we know that false memories can happen to groups of people, even if they aren't communicating. They only have to fill in the gaps with the same logical details. So it's called like heuristics in your brain. Your brain takes like specific jumps that we know happen. So there could be all of these people just filling in with the same logic that they have, the same bias. Right. So like an example of a heuristic and heuristic, like a fancy word for just like a process that your brain takes to make an assumption. So like an availability heuristic would be like. Yeah. So that is like, um, because there are many instances where, for example, this happens to me, plane crashes are highly publicized versus car crashes are not. So you see all these news articles of plane crashes, which are like available to you. So you think that plane crashes happen more often, but it's not even close. Not even close. It's just what's available to you. So that's what your brain fills in. Like, oh, I've heard a lot of that. It's like, When you go online and accidentally ruin your entire life by watching one video of someone like 
getting caught by an elevator halfway in between floors. Oh my god. And then that becomes the single most dangerous way to move through the world that you've ever interacted with. Are you trying to address me? (laughs) (laughs) That happens to anyone. You see a single person get caught or like their clothes get caught and you're like, elevators are the most deadly thing ever. (laughs) Wait a second. Elevators are villains. And then you look it up and... It's literally more safe to stand in an elevator than to walk. Yeah. Over flat ground. This does happen to me. I'm like, Colin, fact check me when there's like no stairs or we have to go to like the 26th floor and he'll shake me. He'll be like, here are the stats. (laughs) You have never been like, give me the stats on this situation, please. You're like, I'm terrified of this elevator and I'm not going to get in. If you try to push me in, I'm going to stab you. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, it's safer by like so much than going up the stairs. You can fall down. You've almost fallen down the stairs (laughs) so many times. Doesn't help that I'm terrible at going upstairs. Yeah. You're pretty good at walking into an elevator and you never want to hear it. You're like, no. No, the elevator could fall. (laughs) It could. I mean, it technically could. Okay, That's you teetering at the very top of this set of 30 stairs, just on the heel of your (laughs) high heel boot, just like waving your arms in the air like a cartoon character. You're like, an elevator could fall way more easily than this. (laughs) Yeah, and you've been on the floor like 10 minutes before me. You're all like checking your clock. (laughs) So, false memories can happen. The brain works in logical ways that we can understand and predict. However, it can also happen and is more likely to happen when groups communicate about their memories. Details seem more likely if other people believe them and are therefore likely to filter in one's recollection. Another study had people watch different videos of cars crashing at various speeds. When asked after to estimate how fast the cars were going, the strongest factor was not the true speed they saw, but how the question was asked, i.e. how fast were the cars going when they smashed, or how fast were the cars going when they connected. As someone who is extremely into forensics, I mean, come on, I'm spooky, <laughs> and have taken classes, this this is obviously a very talked about study in, like, forensics classes. It's very applicable, and I don't know if you know anyone who works in law enforcement, ACAB, baby? ACAB, baby. ACAB. But, like, detectives, uh, leading questions are important. They do change things. And it's another reason I'm sure you know or you've seen like when a crime happens or something, there's witnesses, they will always separate them as soon as possible and try obviously question them separately because the witness effect is huge. And it's so easy. And you know, our brains aren't bad guys. Like our brains are just saving energy, but it happens so easily. Like you wouldn't even know. Like someone would just say, wait, you saw this, right? And they're like, wait, I guess. Yeah, I did see that. It's like how over hundreds of times in the car, every time a Jonas Brothers song comes on, you go, you remember that from the concert? And I go, I think so. And then you say, (laughs) man, that concert was such a great time. Now I'm starting to think that maybe I had fun. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. It wasn't just... It wasn't just pushing my earplugs deeper and deeper (laughs) as I tried to avoid eye contact with all the 13-year-old scream boxes around me. And the 21-year-old scream box. Ah, she was cute. (laughs) Aww. 
So the Mandela Effect trend took off in 2009 and since then has only gained popularity. The internet has helped communities form more cohesive self-confirming groups that accidentally work together to build the same false memory. Another common heuristic your brain chooses is confirmation bias. And the internet is, boy, is that a place? Is that an environment? (laughs) It's really good at doing that too. Yeah. So it's important to know, once again, when you remember something, you aren't just looking back objectively at an experience. You're not even looking back at your perception of the experience. So it's just important to know. You still may be asking, how could large groups of disconnected people have constructed the same false memory? Well, like we said, with a little bit of internet magic, a little help... It could definitely happen. A couple of stray facts can definitely contribute to like all of these people, even if they haven't talked yet, aligning on a certain idea. Yeah. So applying this theory to our big examples, Berenstein Bears, first and foremost, Steen is a massively more common suffix for a name than Stain. If you're reading this book passingly or trying to remember a book from when you were a kid, you're not going to assume that there's this weird, honestly, and I'm sorry for this, ugly suffix. Damn. You're going to assume it's the more common steam. Yeah. And it's easy, especially as started as a books, to just look at that name and be like, Okay, whatever. It's probably like Berenstein. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Or whatever. Fuck it. Or you can't even read it while you're a kid. And honestly, a lot of the adults would have been just trying to read it as quickly as possible to get it over with, too. Like when I would go over to my grandma's house, we had this fun little game where she was like, how fast can I read Fox and Socks to you? <laughs> It'll be funny when I mess up. But in hindsight, she was just trying to get through it. Yeah. She's just like, Fox and Socks, go over the rocks. <laughs> she Good night. <laughs> screw up every line and then just, yeah, snap the book shut. Yeah, and especially, you know, these memories being recalled from childhood. It's it's questionable. Um, and in fact, from the recorded instances of typos on Berenstein merchandise, or Berenstein merchandise, it seems that the mix-up has been a problem for a long time. For this specific Mandela effect, there is a lot of blame put on articles, just the fact that Steen is so common, that a lot of articles or like writings would just put Berenstein. And then children would see that and be like, oh, it's Berenstein, when in reality, it was just someone uh, misspelling it. Yeah, misremembering for a second or it getting corrected wrong. And it seems like that even happened with some of their merchandise, which is why this is the only one with like, quote unquote, concrete evidence, where like a VHS tape said Berenstein instead of Berenstein, and the little tag below a plushie said Berenstein instead of Berenstein. That's not, it was that, and everyone has changed it since. That's a copy editor screwing up. That's not r slash Mandela effect. That's r slash you had one job. That is not (laughs) the word sayonara used to be a Spanish word, and now it is a Japanese (laughs) word because of imperialism. (laughs) That's so fun. Shazam! Now this one almost has an even easier explanation. (laughs) Yeah, way easier. So, Sinbad, while he never played a genie, did wear a basically perfect genie outfit while hosting the 1994 show of Sinbad movies. The motherfucker had a turban on and a shirt with the vest vest. not closed over it and the fucking puffy pants. And 
You know what? It could have been mistaken from any number of things because on his 1990s stand-up special, which apparently I'm obsessed with. <laughs> you are. Had him in like these ugly patterned pants, but you could only <laughs> see the inner thigh crotch area of them because over them he had these huge, I think they were like blue or gray chaps with oh, like God. leather leather on the sides. And they were super puffed out. And then the top was kind of like a close, maybe sort of a vest jackety sort of thing. Do look like either he was the best guy in the arcade at the mall <laughs> or <laughs> he was a genie. My new life goal is to have a fashion sense so wild that it makes people question their reality. <laughs> <laughs> That's really how you define the fashion of an era. You want to be so fashion forward in the decade that you're on top of it that in the future it makes your kids puke. Yes. So while Sinbad was hosting this show in a genie costume, also in the 90s, the movie Kazam was released starring Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal in Kazam. Shaq in Kazam. Sinbad in Shazam. I mean, come on. This isn't squashed yet. It's pretty easy to combine and, you know, it's not as scary. It's just how your brain works. I know I have a lot of memories of childhood that is like combined. Your brain does that too. Yeah. And this honestly kind of sounds like the plot for Shazam is like Parent Trap got mixed together with Kazam and then invented Shazam. That's fair. I mean, virtually no one who was an adult in the 90s holds memories of the Shazam movies, only children at the time. So, and, and once again, it's like a big whammy of, of being like 30 years later and like, remember that? Remember that movie from when we were kids when we were happy? <laughs> Honestly, it's like that tweet that's like, you don't like Disney, you were just depressed and now. <laughs> True. Also, speaking of Parent Trap, I think my parents never let me watch that because they didn't want me to get bad ideas, which that movie promoted about like trying to get your parents back together after divorce. But it didn't work out for them because all I ever saw was the cover. And then I started building these contraptions <laughs> that would like net my mom or like pull my dad up by his ankle. Mother and father, I know that you two have a very unhealthy relationship. But why did you have to put us at the bottom of this giant hole? <laughs> That's like when my when my grandpa told my dad when he was a kid, like, mow the lawn. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And they were outside. And my dad locked his dad outside. <laughs> <laughs> The parent oh, trap. <laughs> that's a parent trap right there. I really hope your grandpa doesn't end up inexplicably listening to this episode because we're going to get your dad like a 30-year post-spanking. <laughs> Honestly. Um, to me, the word confabulation reminds me of like switching things or combining things. But like sex in the city versus sex and the city. That's a one word, not even like, come on, in and and are barely even words. <laughs> like all these examples, the ones that are like don't exist kind of make more sense. So in that way, it really seems like your brain is filling it in. Sex in the city makes more sense than sex is and. Is sex and the city? Yeah. Because sex and the city makes it seem like they're having sex on like the outskirts of town what? and these skyscrapers are like just barely leaning over to look at them while they're doing it. What? It's because there's sex 
and then the city. Oh yeah, they shall never combine. <laughs> like the city isn't part of the sex. <laughs> Keep the city separate from the sex. The city has been under a couple of ordinances to stay away from the sex. That's fun. Or like Looney Tunes. It's actually T-U-N-E-S as in a music. But, but everyone in tunes because they're yeah, cartoons. Because they're cartoons. Plus L-O-O-N, maybe your brain fills in T-O-O-N to be, like, symmetrical. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm spooky as hell, but I honestly think some of the smaller examples are, like, easy to mix up. Like, Sex in the City makes more sense. Totally. But what if some of the bigger ones, what if it is a phenomenon that could actually be residue from an erased or altered timeline. That is to say, we should point out that we skipped the titular Mandela effect with that because as far as we can find anywhere, there isn't a good triggering event. There isn't Mm -hmm. like Berenstein, Berenstain, easy to mix up. There isn't Shaq in Kazam, easy to trigger like a mix up. What could people have been seeing and accidentally thinking was Mandela's funeral? We have no idea. As far as both of our research has seen, there wasn't like even close to as high a profile funeral or icon death. The only thing that Colin posited is mostly falls on the education system in America. Yeah. I <laughs> Which mean, it's not good. It's we not a good. Don't learn about Nelson Mandela. And if you just hear the fact that he was in prison for 27 years, might be easy to think that he died at some point in there. But that doesn't explain, like, the specific memory of, like, the funeral. That's true. Of the notification of his death. It's very interesting. And like we said, there's not a great explanation in terms of confabulation or false memory we have on this. And that's why we have to go on to consider some of the more fun, world-bending explanations for how the unexplainable versions of Mandela Effect could have happened. Yeah. So if this is really a true phenomena and the Mandela effect is unexplainable so far with the memory thing, could it be residue from an erased and or altered timeline? So the idea being that we are living through this timeline linearly or writing it as we go. And either there is like another timeline that already happened that can like peek up through what we're rewriting like all this has happened before and we are reliving through history for one reason or another and there's subtle differences between Mm -hmm. them or and well this covers a lot of other theories that we're going to expand on in a minute that there are parallel timelines that could interact yeah so um the theory goes as cullen explained could the people who are remembering nelson mandela's death be from an alternate timeline or a changed timeline that is something that i've heard a lot but while reading here's your book recommendation recursion by blake crouch it's made about false memories and like alternate universes and what's interesting in there is that the timeline is the timeline it's our one timeline but people do get false memories from like a time traveler went back and changed things so another question (laughs) philosophy what if new versions of the timeline are being written or we are redoing things that have happened before so once again there is many ways this could work we could have completely lived through nelson mandela's death someone would be like whoever god the simulation aliens. aliens could be like nah 
And then we like completely revert back to that point and live it through. And a lot of people bring up the Mandela effect and these altered timelines as an explanation for deja vu as well. Which, of course, a lot of scientists argue is just another weird mix-up in the way that we write memories. But the fun explanation could be that we are reliving a minutely different yeah. timeline than we experienced in the first place, or that some people experienced in the first place. And so we're remembering from that alternate timeline, and scientists don't know exactly what deja vu is. <laughs> oh my god. So, interesting. So going off like the splice theory, the Mandela effect phenomenon could be the traces or the residue left behind from these alterations. It could be just little glimpses of old timelines peeking through the rewrite. It's like that really creepy video of security cameras at a Disney park, and you see mm. this shimmery figure moving across it. And the reason that that happens is that the security cameras for the park re-record over VHS tapes. But when you re-record over, things that are imprinted on the old version that you're writing over can leave traces up. So in one version of the tape, they had this maintenance worker that was walking across the screens, and he's the shimmer that shows up in the rewritten version where he's not there. Yeah. So in this case, the trace or residue from the original timeline would be the people's memories of Nelson Mandela's death and funeral. Right. It's really interesting. It's really complex. We're going to get into another theory of like multiple timelines, like a multiverse theory. It's something that I think has become more popular. And it's something that I think humans have always kind of gone to as an idea or a philosophy. It's like all the possibilities exist at once. Once you make a choice, you branch off to like that life. As minute and small as the details may be, there was a you that decided to go left instead of right. Like when I'm standing in front of the freezer, looking down at the last... (laughs) Goddamn skinny cow chocolate nut covered ice cream bar. (laughs) There's a version of me that has the strength to reach down and open and eat that bar and just gets to smile for a few minutes. (laughs) But there's also this version of me in another parallel universe that just can't stop thinking about that bar. (laughs) (laughs) Just really want it. I'm unsatisfied. (laughs) Yeah, so going more specifically into this idea that there could be multiple timelines kind of existing at the same time or crossing over. So in case you haven't heard, the idea of multiple universes is less science fiction than it's been in a while. The idea that our universe is not the only one, that there could be any number of other universes, even infinite. (laughs) Oh God. Oh God. The existential growth. Oh God. Uh, All right. So these universes. That was quick. (laughs) Usually that's a whole night. Yeah, I I just got the crazy. I'm just like, you know, move on. I just want to give them a taste. Yeah. These universes could be branching off of our own, splitting at chance events, however minor or major. If, on the other hand, there are an infinite number of varied universes, that means that there must be a universe exactly like ours, but with any combination of minor fact changes. And the idea of infinity, boy, that fucks me up. Not fun. And it's just really interesting. Um, A funny little (laughs) anecdote is like the thought experiment of like a monkey with a typewriter. Have you heard 
Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. And the upsetting fact that... They tried if, it. Yeah, that they tried it. But if there really were an infinite number of monkeys with typewriters just writing whatever they wanted, yes, they would write every single word in order that Shakespeare wrote. Yeah. But they'd also write Twilight episode one through whatever the fuck they got to. <laughs> and you know what? They'd write an infinite number of sequels Yeah, to that. they would. They'd write the altered versions of Harry Potter where J.K. Rowling makes all of her dog shit changes. Oh, no! They would, <laughs> they would rewrite versions of these episodes that have appeal to a wider audience. I was going to say, they would write our <laughs> scripts, like, an infinite amount better. <laughs> so, obviously, this is a thought experiment, and we can't conceptualize infinity, but... Someone tried it, gave a bunch of monkeys typewriters, and, like, the only thing that happened is, like, just a bunch of letter S's, and then they, like, threw poop. (laughs) 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 Like, not a single word was wrote. (laughs) Very good. I think that was the first draft of the epilogue for Deathly Hollows. Damn! Yes! Fuck J.K. Turfling. <laughs> so this idea of multi-universes, multiple timelines all happening, all branching out into infinity, leads us to something that is called the many worlds interpretation. And if that sounds fucking awesome, let Cullen tell you some science about it. That's going to ruin it. Let Cullen ruin it for you. <laughs> so this falls into a fun but difficult category for me. It's of all of these mostly philosophical ideas around quantum mechanics that have like filtered into society as fun, quote unquote, real science. The many worlds interpretation takes this problem and it is this. A particle doesn't have a specific place before we look at it. It has what we call a wave function. Don't be scared. It's just... I'm scared. It's just a list of different places that that particle could be and the chances that it's at either. Yeah. So if you like hit a tennis ball into a room, you'd be able to be like, there's a chance it's here. There's a chance it's there. And like the list of all of those would be its wave function. Mm -hmm. And when they say we change it by observing it and collapse the wave function, which sounds awesome, like some (laughs) sci-fi movie, we're just saying that we pin it down in our observation to one of those. So the many worlds interpretation says that, so you have this wave function of all the possibilities of where the ball could be. And it like physically is all of those and it's only when we observe it it physically becomes the one that we saw it's scrotum's cat it's scrotum's cat where he sticks his scrotum in a box with a cat and it's in a superposition of his testicles being destroyed or not yes his testicles are both destroyed and not destroyed at the same time my left testicle is empirically destroyed (laughs) it was burned by a scientist it's it's gone yeah yeah a doctor ate it (laughs) (laughs) i regret this aside so much sure so what physically happens to all of the other possibilities for that particle because it literally physically has them all the multi-worlds interpretation just says we get one of the particles and another universe gets another one of the particles and another one gets another one of the particles in all the different ways that it was before we looked at it Mm-hmm. So that means that the world splinters off in branches every time one of these quantum effects happen. And who knows what literally billions of these happening 
all the time could have an effect on the world. Could it change the date that Mandela died? I don't know. Maybe. If you think about it, so many universes exist, if you believe in that. And so I think that's fun because there are alternate universes that are like literally exactly the same, but you chose the strawberry dragon fruit refresher instead of the peach passion fruit refresher. And it's exactly the same. Oh, yeah. Please sponsor us, Duncan. There's a reality in which we're sponsored. So yeah, could there be a reality where Nelson Mandela had died? I don't really think so because quantum events disappear. Like the effects of them kind of disappear as you go up. But if you want to sound smart at a party and at the same time talk about spooky stuff, there's some fodder for you. Well, I think it's become popular to the point where if you say, I like quantum mechanics, it's a little insufferable at a party. Elon Musk, go home right now. No one wants to see you. Your family I, is drenched in blood. You're Leave. not funny. No one thinks you're, you're that smart cute. anymore. You're, you're not, not cute. smart. Let me tell you right now, you're not cute. You're dusty. <laughs> dusty. You know what? You walked in here and you're covered in a you're covered in a quarter inch of dust. Were you just sitting in a broom closet for the last three weeks? I hate that guy. He's the worst. I do have a question, though. Could it be if you go a step further, there's like, okay, super small quantum. And then there's like us physics. Could you go even bigger and it goes back to quantum mechanics? It's a fair question to ask. And that is kind of the point. And we'll see when I get into a couple other physics-y explanations. These are all like make them up philosophical attempts to explain why things are happening that we don't understand yet. Yeah. There's no way to prove or disprove the multi-worlds interpretation. It's just an idea of how things might happen. Yeah, and I think that it's something we will never find out. <laughs> we'll never be able to figure out if there's God, like why the universe is there, how it exists, if there are other universes. Oh, God. Where on oh, the other God. hand, I like to think of it more as Native American cultures are famous for creating awesome naturalist explanations for how the world works and how the universe was formed. I think that that's kind of the stage we're in with discovering like quantum mechanics. Like, they didn't understand maybe the mechanics of how some astrology things happen and created these explanations for how they might have happened. We're doing the same thing with this frontier of quantum mechanics. But they're less fun by, like, 20,000 times. I got a little existential crisis there, because what is the universe expanding into? What is nothing? It, it was going to happen. It was going to happen. Of course. Yep. So the theory going along with that quantum physics... Uh, has so like the real multiverse theory has a simpler background suggesting that many physical parallel universes were created in addition to our own and they might run like side by side to ours this is just to be clear this is different than the many worlds interpretation this is like, what if there are literal physical universes that all sprouted off of the Big Bang? Yeah, so if highly similar alternate universes were to be accidentally spliced with ours, it could result in facts changing between what we experienced and what the history books say, what the facts say. It could even be possible that portions of the population are moved between universes. Thus, a segment of the public who experienced history one way could be unwittingly shifted into a universe where things didn't happen how they remember. I think I 
and from an alternate universe where you could get a consistent cup of coffee from Dunkin' Donuts and not just complete random one way or the other. Today's cup was one of the best I've had from a place. But if you look back, what, three episodes, we both took a sip of one and yeah. then almost puked. This is why we're not getting sponsorship, Colleen. I'm sorry, Duncan. I <laughs> We still worship you. We, I More than anything else, I can say I believe in you, Duncan. That's nice. We really deserve a Duncan sponsorship. We're dedicated. We're entitled to it. <laughs> Honestly. So um, this theory has become just more and more popular. People wondering, like, what if a different universe was spliced into ours or people themselves somehow jumped into an alternate universe? And a lot of people are wondering, like, huh? <laughs> we obviously don't understand how the universe works. We don't understand anything about shit. I, I don't, don't understand how a car works. Honestly. So if this is possible, what are events that could cause this splicing? Anything could be possible. But a lot of people think that huge events like Deadly events or disasters could cause this splicing. So a fun pop theory that has been discussed lately is, did the world we were all living in actually end in 2012? And like an apocalypse occurred, so we jumped onto this universe where the world didn't end in 2012. So things like that, huge tragedies, extinctions, could those cause like such disturbance in the force oh uh, she got there i saw her <laughs> you slowed down the sentence you're trying to find a way out of it because i was gonna say the universe but what's bigger than the universe the multi-universes they get all spliced around so yeah. that's a theory obviously it could be random i like to think of them as a bunch of big bubbles all floating there in like a ethereal space and they like bonk into each other and some people go ah, from one to the other and they're just like is anyone I'm looking for a copy of Shazam. <laughs> oh, I think that is actually a theory, though, that, like, they do physically cross. I want to be crossed over with another universe where tracksuits are still big. Because I feel like it would be so comfy, and I don't have to worry about matching, and I just... Just laying back on a couch <laughs> in a tracksuit would be delightful. I think they're getting there. Are they getting there? Yeah. I thought that was one of the things, like, um nerdcore for a little bit was trying to bring back like a tall mm. socks and like yeah. suspenders and shit. <laughs> That's fun. I worry that the Italians of this nation aren't putting in enough work to bring tracksuits back oh to the forefront. Oh my god. Do it. Do Make it. this universe the ideal. <laughs> um, and this idea of like multiple universes actually can, it's just an idea that can fit in other broader theories of how the universe exists or how it works. For example, could there be a higher being controlling these universes? Could there be another higher being, but like we're simulations, if that makes sense? Like aliens controlling us? I'm could looking there more. be aliens that like can see into the multiverse space and like cause our universes to interact? Yeah. Are they playing pool with the balls of our universe? Are they playing with our balls? Are they playing with our balls? Are they tickling our balls and moving the balls around so oh that some God. people think Shazam exists? We're horny, here's a hooing it. <laughs> horny, here's a hoe. We're horny, here's a hooing it. Horny, here's a hoe. <laughs> horny, here's a hoe. 
40 years of Hollywood <laughs> is we've walked too far towards the edge of the universe. <laughs> So, conversations online offer all sorts of theories. Once again, this has become very popular. And people following this theory have offered ideas of, like, what could have caused collisions, mixings, or splicings of universes. One very popular theory to blame is CERN, who operate the once-feared Large Hadron Collider. People freaked out about that shit for a while. Now everyone seems to have calmed down because they've run uncountable number of experiments and everything's (laughs) fine. But for a while there, they were like, oh, yeah, 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 totally. There's going to be a black hole set up in the middle of Earth and it's just going to suck everyone in. (laughs) That would suck. That would be bad. I wouldn't like that. There are so many more fun and real conspiracy theories. Don't blame CERN. They're doing cool work that I get to half learn about and then get a solid D out of pity in my nuclear physics class. Oh, God. <laughs> pity D. Oh, boy. Pity D fool. He spent... <laughs> <laughs> the teacher spent a good week and a half trying to explain to us what the Large Hadron Collider did. And <laughs> I can't even remember if I showed up to those lectures sure. or just read the notes afterwards, but <laughs> I no longer remember what they do. Sure. From what I've heard, take it with the biggest grain of salt. So salt, it turns it's your mouth into salty. It's saltier than when I foolishly shook the end of the pretzel rod bag into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was such an idiot. I left, you know what the saddest part is? I left three. I left three pretzel rods in the bottom with it because I thought it would be like I'll have a little bit of meat with my sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and it ended up ruining all three of those yeah. last delicious pretzel rods. So you had to like spit it out. I scraped it out of my <laughs> mouth with my fingernails. It burned to eat. Yeah. Take it with that much salt. <laughs> what I heard, and once again, this like is not true or scientific, is that... <laughs> what? <laughs> once again, just to remind you before I tell you what it is, this isn't true. <laughs> What people say is in 2012, this group, CERN, Uh found a particle that Stephen Hawking postulated is a particle that could, like, end the world and something about black holes. So people think that that could be an event large enough to change our timeline, to have our universe kind of, like, implode and merge onto a different one. Black hole. Black hole, son, won't you come? You so. didn't like, you didn't like Caribbean woman from the Pirates of the Caribbean too. What? Black hole. I okay. Can I be honest with you? Uh, depends if you're gonna tell me you have never seen Pirates of the Caribbean too. I've only seen like Pirates of the Caribbean six, the one of the Age of Youth or whatever, the Fountain of Youth. You know what? First of all, that one's terrible and the worst. Sure, the first, and it's the last. You missed the boat. You lost your opportunity to watch them because now you can't because Johnny Depp is canceled. <laughs> yeah. It's over. You I don't get just, to enjoy these I movies. I was never that interested. I mean, like, they're I amazing. get the gist. They're, such, they're some of the best childish, dumb adventure movies that I've ever seen. And you missed the boat. You just can't come with me to this land of no. Pirates of the Caribbean. Davy Jones. Is that the monster guy? He's yeah. sexy. He's not. He has <laughs> tentacles on his... Disgusting! <laughs> 
<laughs> I just, just saw... like it because he has tentacles around his mouth. <laughs> I just saw Twitter saying he was sexy. They just want him to play with the with their buttholes and pussy holes with his tentacle mouth. <laughs> okay, but I did play Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, so it's very close approximation. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 that's the same thing. Yeah. Cool. I never. This is why I never wanted to tell you. That's why I, I always just like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so can someone do like a deep fake where they swap out Johnny Depp with someone else so we can show Spooky Maddie those movies? I don't know. That's crazy that you think they're so good. The first two are, are really good. The first one is really good. Who knew? Everyone? Yep. Did everyone know? You knew, too. You went on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride so many times. You ate at the restaurant on the ride. Yes. Oh, God. Don't even get me started. I love the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Am I, I allowed to? <laughs> why are you Why are you forcing me to become a gatekeeper? You're good. Don't gatekeep about, me. <laughs> before bringing you to a table, the greeter at that restaurant should ask which of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies they've seen and ask for one detail. <laughs> so... This brings me into another very popular theory, kind of going along with multiple universes. Trigger warnings for death, dying, and suicide. This theory is called quantum immortality, or it's also called quantum suicide. Which, once again, seek help. If this is triggering, do not listen. But it is, uh, it's a thought experiment. O-U-G-H-T? Yes. It's not like what I do in lab every day. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thought experiment. <laughs> so it goes that if multiple universes exist, your conscious being does not die, but rather jumps into another world. So in a situation where you are killed, the reality where you weren't killed is superimposed onto the first reality, and you can continue living in that new reality. This theory was actually believed by the many worlds discover um, Everett. Yeah. So it's just a theory kind of going along with like multiple universes. There are a lot of fun stories where people think they may have experienced this quantum immortality. In these stories, sometimes people have memories, like, very vivid. They can feel dying. Um, so presumably, the only difference in the universe is that they are now alive in this universe. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they basically died in one universe, and then their entire experience in that universe was copy-pasted onto another universe where they didn't die in that scenario. Yeah. So the idea of this theory is not necessarily that, like, it branches off. It's more that it converges onto yeah. a reality in which they live through this event or these events. Yeah, well, even more so than that, it's just the idea that the conscious being just goes to the next closest universe. You know? Interesting. Okay, so a lot of stories revolving quantum immortality occur to people who have, like, not NDEs as we know it, like near-death experiences like they saw heaven, but like accidents where they could have died or they just missed an accident. Sometimes these people will have feelings like they did die and they remember dying, but they're like, oh wait, I just barely escaped death. There are people who have a bad accident, they survive, and of course they're like, thank God I survived, but sometimes things will be different. Personal Mandela effect. Because maybe their experience 
from the universe that they died in was copied into a universe that's just slightly different. Yeah. So when you're watching an episode of Mr. Magoo where he goes through a construction <laughs> site and just barely survives all of it, he's like rapidly switching universes. Yeah. <laughs> and then he walks out on the other side and he's surrounded by like French German speaking lizards. He's like, I just. How did all of this change since I walked (laughs) They ran out of universes to put them in. It just keeps on getting weirder. But it is interesting. It's an interesting theory because it obviously posits that our consciousness is something unique, you know? That we are a unique thing. (laughs) Right. Like how when I die, I'm going to pay a scientist to bit crush my consciousness down. Like, Like taking a photo of the universe and like... Shrinking it to 144 by 144p in oh, like, my God. Microsoft Paint. I want them to crush it down to that and then just like put me in a Tamagotchi and you can have that. I would love that. I know that I you would, would love, love that. a Tamagotchi. Yeah. And not, we're not even talking like one of the smarter later Tamagotchis that you get on like the DSi or whatever. We're talking like the OG oh, stick yeah. Tamagotchis. Hell yes. Uh, <laughs> I used to have like existential crisis when I was a kid, which smash got to three minutes ago when you're just staring up into space. I learned it was um, dissociation. <laughs> Once again, I'm extremely mentally ill, so maybe you haven't had the same experience. But I would dissociate thinking about like if my mom like had a baby with a different person, like I would obviously be a different person. Like I wouldn't exist. Right. Right? I don't know. It's weird. It's stuff like that. But obviously this theory posits like you are a person. Like your consciousness is you. And like there are other yous that your consciousness can fit into with only like sometimes you think Mandela died. It's really interesting. And you can think of this sort of like turning the tree of the multi-worlds interpretation on its head. So in the multi-worlds, you have it constantly spreading and branching out as it goes up. And that theory kind of destroys the idea of a person altogether, like that they're unique because there is a literal infinite spectrum of what they could be. Mm -hmm. Whereas this theory, it is more central on the person and we are a unique thing. And the tree narrows as that being moves between universes. Yeah. Okay. This is the type of story that has occurred that many people associate or explain using quantum immortality. So this forum post is titled, I found myself die in another timeline and trigger warning for descriptions of death, dying, or injury. So quote, my mom and I were on the highway driving home and there was a semi truck in the lane next to us. Suddenly the semi swerved into our lane. Luckily, my mom was able to get out of the way before it hit us, but soon after I began feeling strangely. The entire right side of my face felt hot and sticky. I tasted blood and smelled the very pungent scent of gasoline. Then my head and right arm started to ache really badly and I could not feel my legs. Just as soon as the pain started to worsen, it went away, replaced with a cold, eerie chill. I told my mom about this and she couldn't come up with an explanation. I think I was feeling the pain in another timeline where my mom wasn't able to avoid that semi. End quote. That is very interesting. Yeah, and so there are, like I said, there are many examples. A lot of people have stories that are similar to that. The skeptic would explain like, well, you know. She was probably in shock. 
Yeah, or like you thought you were going to die, or you thought you were going to get hit by a semi, and your brain filled in. The details. Yeah. That is what it reads more to me as, but it's a really interesting thought experiment. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have another example of trigger warning, death and dying, of someone who feels like they did die, but they're obviously still alive. This is titled, Died on the Corner. <laughs> So quote, about four or five years ago, I worked at Little Caesars Pizza. Usually I would work inside on the pizzas, but we had just started up this Monday Madness deal where pizzas were only $4 on Monday, so we needed someone to advertise. I was a wild and weird metalhead, so I took up the position on Mondays of just going out there, throwing around a sign to get attention, and bringing people in for pizza. Not exactly glamorous, but I had fun. One day while I was out there doing my thing, I see a van coming straight at me. It jumps the curb and slams into me, and I feel it crush me against the electrical box controlling the streetlights. I see a quick flash as the traffic lights flick off and then black out. I gasp and I'm still on the corner and nothing has happened. No van or anything. Well, I was a little shaken up so I decided to pack it up and walk back to the store for a break. I walk no more than 15 feet away from the corner when I hear a crash. I look back and a van just hopped the curb into the electrical box and I watched the traffic lights flick off. Needless to say, I took the day off. Still think about that from time to time. Wow, that is completely unbelievable. I mean... How can they offer such high-quality pizza for just $4? Honestly, that is a deal. It really is. I do like Little Caesars. It's really good. You and were bashing them the other no, day. No, I wasn't. I was, I was just trying to say Papa Murphy's was good, too. You saying that the pool of cheese surrounded by oily bread oh. that was their <laughs> cheesy bread. So good. It, you can... Yes, yes. That is the easy way to win at cooking. You can just pile two and a half inches of cheese on top of oil, and it's going to be good, and I'm going to eat it. Okay, get on like this. It, but it, there's no craft to it. Get on this. It is kind of like a bread bowl. The bread is very underdone. It's way Because it's so oily. It can't so it's cook. oil. It's, it's like a deep dish. It's a literal bread bowl. It's a deep dish filled with cheese. A huge thing of cheese and literal garlic chunks. Yeah. Oh my God, it's delicious. It's hard to eat. It's, it's hard to convince yourself to put it in your mouth, but once you do, it's amazing. It's amazing. But that's just brute forcing it. It's like if there was an artist that was trying to compare like Michelangelo came out with David and that is local Grandma Tony's pizza. A masterpiece. It's artfully done. It's artfully crafted. <laughs> and then a literal Da Vinci, who's a local artist and shithead, comes out with just like a marble statue of a pair of big cans with perky nipples. Oh my <laughs> he's, God. Yeah, he's going to get some looks. He's going to have people come into his gallery, but it's brute force. There's no artisanship oh to it. Yeah, but regarding that story, thoughts. I have read ton, a ton of these stories. A lot of people are skeptical in the comments. They'll say like, maybe it's your brain filling in and shock can do crazy things to the brain. I mean, I shock don't... isn't just something like you were horrified by something. Like it's a serious physical and mental reaction that requires medical attention. Yeah. But how about in this case when he felt it happen before it happened? I, I don't know what explains it. It could be Obviously, I'm just Cullen. I like to ruin everything. And I think that, you know, he probably built it somewhat backwards in his head afterwards. Mm -hmm. But I could see going down another one of these possible roads to explain it. Health a psych major and a scientist. 
the mind does do really strange things. But I think they are very interesting stories to think about. Definitely. And they could be fun to hypothesize on. I want to give just one more story of kind of the other side of like this parallel universe Mandela effect individualized. But first, I want to talk about a very famous story of a Norwegian Redditor who was so sure the band um, Euronymous was alive and that they actually had their new album. And then he finds out that actually they died in 1993. Wow. And so like he was completely shocked. He remembers details. He had an album that he had come up with. And he showed a picture of the vinyl. It did not have Euronymous's name on it. And it turns out he actually was diagnosed with a dissociative amnesia. So, and you know, the debunking is just as interesting and it is important to debunk. Debunking sounds negative, but it is supportive to like justify people's worldviews, even if it's not in saying that concretely happened. Yeah, and, you know, it's important to care about these people to make sure that the most logical explanations aren't causing this. So, like, you know, CO2 poisoning. Uh, I saw someone who would constantly have glitches, like, they know they put the pizza in the fridge, and then it was just gone, and then yeah, it showed up then again. Then it just, there was a paper towel on the counter that had a pizza-shaped mark, and... The microwave still open. It had a couple seconds left on it. I could smell pizza when I walked into the kitchen and I was like, where's the pizza? I thought you were going to put the pizza in the fridge. And then you were like, I did. I thought I did put pizza in the fridge. And you wiped your mouth with like a different <laughs> Yes, napkin. exactly. Crazy. Honestly. Oh, I was just saying that he ended up being diagnosed with narcolepsy, which I think is also interesting. But um, yeah. I myself sometimes perceive or interpret reality incorrectly because of my neurodivergence. So first and foremost, if you believe that reality is not lining up, maybe rule out the unfun explanations. But there are stories that you can find that are a lot harder to debunk. Absolutely. One for me personally that kind of aligns with that last story you told, I have this own personal Mandela effect where I am sure that sometime back 2011, 2010, Breaking Benjamin slapped. <laughs> like Dana. it was good. It connected with me. And now it's, you know, it's tough to even listen to in the background. Mandela effect. Mandela effect. Surely they were good at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just have one more story. So here is a story um, that is titled, Dead Cousin is Coming to Dinner Tonight. Quote, Last night, I was on the phone with my mom, and she told me to come over for dinner. Everything was going great. Then suddenly she comes out with, Janet is going to be there. I was like, very funny, mom. Great one. But in my head, I was thinking, that's really not funny. Why would you say something like that? Then my mom keeps going with this. Quote, you haven't seen her in forever. It'll be nice, etc. Janet died last year. I had a vivid memory of it. I did not attend the funeral, but I remember everyone talking about it and making a scene of it because she died young. She died from cancer, and I remember her husband coming to visit and being very depressed. I never saw her body or anything, but I'm 1000% certain this woman is dead, and I remember many family members talking about it. I never saw the body or visited her grave, and I wasn't that close with her, so I never had much grief over it. But I have vivid memories of her dying and my relatives being depressed about it. 
I was really weirded out by my mom on the phone and I finally came out and said, quote, Janet's dead, what are you talking about? And my mom just kept talking like it was ridiculous or like I was kidding around. She jokingly said, quote, she's back or something like that. I asked my dad later on and he looked at me like I was insane. I also can't find the obituary online. I'm assuming one of three things is happening. One, my parents snapped from grief and are imagining my dead cousin is coming to dinner. Two, I switched universes where Janet never died. Or three, a zombie is coming to dinner. End quote. And um, she did provide an update and she said Janet did come to dinner. And she was just like, what? It was just never resolved for her. And I find those type of stories just extremely fascinating. Um, There are stories of like, you are an adult and you're like, let me think about my old friend, like my old best friend. And it turns out they never existed. Things like that um, could be like, did they switch to a different universe at some point? Why don't you subtweet me a little bit more about the whole best friend? The whole best. Like you're like, oh, I was totally popular in elementary school. I had all these friends. You know that cool guy from high school, the blonde guy? You're like, yeah, we were actually best friends in elementary school and he looked up to me a lot. Remember you said you kissed that girl who went to a different school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you wouldn't know her. Well, I I guess I wouldn't know her, but I don't think she... She was from Canada. (laughs) Yeah, I think those are interesting. Um... If the universe can shift or combine or splice for many people in big occurrences, maybe your own individual self can like switch universes. And that's kind of like the idea, I guess, of the quantum immortality. Interesting. We do have another theory. Um, it's kind of a different explanation, a different take. What if the Mandela effect is like a glitch and we live in a simulation. It's also a theory that we live in a hologram, which is less fun that Cullen can speak on. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. But this is, as far as I know, like the classic Matrix, which you haven't seen, despite being obsessed with this theory, you've never (laughs) seen it, that we live in, yeah, a simulation or a hologram, depending on, you know, which sites you feel like pulling up when you Google this and try to learn (laughs) the unlearnable nonsense. Honestly. Yeah, why don't you explain, like, the legit real hologram theory that exists? And, of course, like all these other things, the real science is a little complex and that is thin. Yeah, so I'll go into a little bit of the real science because it's another thing that gets thrown around as science filters into, like, popular zeitgeist. A hologram universe is a mathematical interpretation of the universe that tries to do what physics is trying to do right now, which is to add quantum mechanics and regular physics, like Einstein relativity physics, together in a way that they work, because they don't fit together right now. Mm -hmm. And the hologram theory isn't like we live in a simulation. The hologram theory is actually like a hologram. So if you ever went to like Scholastics and looked at those adventure books, or if you like turn them back and forth, you'd see like the Jeep jumping over the hill over and over again (laughs) it's basically the same thing as that where it's like it's basically a 2d surface that looks Mm three-dimensional that's the hologram theory because the math works out that you can add quantum mechanics and einstein relativity together if you operate on like a 2d plane that is perceived by us as 3d That's kind of interesting. Makes me think maybe old philosophers like Plato. It reminds me of the allegory of the cave, which I can't believe you're not familiar with. No offense. I'm familiar with Plato. 
I love it. It's tasty. tasty. (laughs) Salty. Forbidden taffy. True. So it's an allegory. This guy, he is stuck in a cave his whole life. And so there is a light and there's basically like a shadow puppet show. And the man lives his whole life just seeing the shadows. So that's like what he thinks is reality. So it's basically like we don't see real reality. We just see the representations. Right. Yeah, it's kind of on the on the same thing, where the other case would be the guy seeing the shadows is perceiving the actual 2D universe and the person playing with the 3D things that are casting the shadows would be us. That's cool. Um, Kind of the more fun pop science sister. I want to be the more fun pop science sister. <laughs> the more fun theory is that we live in a simulation and this has also become way more popular. So I think um, a lot of people get the gist. We're like the Sims. Yeah. <laughs> like life is a simulation that we're not controlling and like we're not real. <laughs> I'd like to say at this point, you straight up owe me a couple of favors for not bringing up Rick and Morty episodes that do Oh, God. Because <laughs> I okay. knew that you would react like this. Okay, so like, hear me. So he, okay, funniest shit I ever seen. The dude, oh my, he turns into, oh. he turns into a pickle. pickle. And then he says, I'm Pickle Rick. Oh my, <laughs> funniest <laughs> shit I ever seen. I'm not even kidding. It's I, a good show. Ah, uh, God. It was ruined by that episode and the family it created, but it's a good show. Yeah, it's ruined. It's no, it's trash. Okay. As unfair as that is, technically, I get it. Yeah, you have to understand. Yeah, so the idea is we're basically the Sims. Yeah, we're living on the holodeck, which is where Nerd. like hologram stuff comes from. That's the etymology of the hologram theory of quantum mechanics, I feel like, gets tied into this theory, even though it isn't the same thing. That's fair. So it's another theory of like, what is the universe? Yeah, there's not a lot of science for me to bore you guys with on this one. It's just a philosophy. It's unfalsifiable, but it is a way of explaining some of the questions we have. Okay, this gives it way less credence, in my opinion. But the fucking just dork, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the airhead, and Elon Musk, who's just not smart. No. He sucks, and he should get the guillotine. Both believe it's a simulation of... Neil deGrasse Tyson, unfortunately, is what happens when a nerd gets power. And mm-hmm. that's why they need to be kept down. They need to be bullied. It's They need it. It's the social order. It's for their it's own correct. good. It's for them as well as it's for us. That probably just gives you no faith in this theory. Well, do you want to break down like the tenets of the idea and why we have Elon Musk saying like there's a one in a billion chance that we aren't in a simulation or people saying there's a 50-50 shot we're in a simulation or all of that. Yeah. So this is based on a philosophical hypothesis presented by Bostrom. And there are three basic tenets that one of them must be true and the others must be false. Um, So number one is we live in a post-human society that is capable of creating a simulation of like ancestral life. They're capable of creating a simulation for life. Yeah. And specifically that there's almost none that could reach that point. 
Yeah. Um, or two, there are zero civilizations that are at that post-human point that would want to stimulate life. That want to see exactly how their grandma got it on so that they could see their parents get it on oh, so that God. they could see how they got here. It's those sorts of perverts. It's those sorts of deviants that would lead to a simulation happening. Hell yeah. <laughs> And number three would be, so if the first two are false, then there is a very close to one probability that we do live in a simulation, that like our life is simulated. So basically what it is saying is that if there is a post-human civilization that can do it and wants to do it, it of course being simulating life of like ancestors, ancestral life, then we are in a simulation. Then that is us. I've been trying to wrap my head around this because Spooky Maddie so frustratingly just got it immediately. But the way that I'm starting to approach it is there's almost no chance that intelligent, like human-like life exists. And then there's an even smaller chance that we get to a point with technology that we can create these perfect simulations. And then there's an even smaller chance that we would want to create a perfect simulation of our past. And if you accept all of those, if you think all of those are reasonable to get past, then the chance is so high that we're in a simulation because it's so rare to happen. Mm -hmm. And those simulations would just stack on top of each other as it happened because that one society got there. So their yeah. simulation would get there and their simulation would get there. So you have one that's the original universe and then a presumably infinite string of others that have also gotten to that point. Mm -hmm. So the chances are we live in one of the simulations. Yeah. Now, a lot of reason that this is getting a lot more credence and people are thinking like, well, are we? Is the fact that technology has come so far that a lot of people believe that we will be a civilization that can create a simulation. Yeah. And if that is true, and we do, then chances are we also are the simulation. Interesting. I, I'm not sure if I subscribe fully that we will be able to get to that point. Hmm. I think it might be one of the things like interstellar travel we predict to be outside of something that we can accomplish before we burn out, before we yeah. use all of our resources and have nowhere else to go. But it's also possible that we do get to that point. I mean, less likely now that we're killing ourselves with climate change. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in the fun zone, Eddie. <laughs> but I don't know. We are coming out with like virtual reality. So if you compare like virtual reality to like the very first video game, which was Pong, that is such an exponential increase in quality that... Yeah, it's, it's whether you believe we can get to that point. And a lot of people, as time is going on and technology is getting better and better, believe that we can and we will. The interesting thing is, though, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because if you subscribe to Bostrom's hypothesis and we get to the point where we can create a simulation of life, oh, fuck, we're a simulation a lot of people are like, um, but whoever's controlling the simulation will probably not like that we figure that out and like reset us. <laughs> but you know what's nice about that? Yes, it is terrifying if we were to get to the point and be like, oh God, we're in a simulation. And then they hit the delete key. They're just like, scrap this one. It's gone. But 
if that happens regularly, that reduces our chance of being in a simulation in the first place. If they're not all allowed to run to the point where they make simulations of their own, mm-hmm. then that reduces the number that there are and That's gives us fair. a higher chance of being in the original universe. That's fair. And I also think, um, you know, if we are, it's not something to bother yourself with, you know, don't try to figure it out. Just She's gonna. just writing this in her affirmations journal. Yes. Don't worry about being in a simulation. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference. <laughs> so... Well, the theory obviously goes, we live in a simulation, so the glitches are just that. They're literally glitches. Yeah, they're literally mistakes, things that get changed on accident. Yeah, so Nelson Mandela dying, people remembering that was just a glitch. It wasn't meant to happen. Is that why I walked into the bedroom one time and you were just like T-posing for 15 minutes? <laughs> it was a glitch. It was man. a freaking glitch. Yeah, that, you weren't trying to summon some sort of devil to eat me. Oh, no. I never, found your book. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so people think that these Mandela effects and a lot of the stories that I was talking about might not be universe jumping, but rather like the simulation is messing up. Yeah, that's the theory. And I'm going to say, you know what? It's pretty fun. And mm-hmm. I, I we came up with a little bit of fan fiction while enjoying our Dunkin' Donuts, which I'd like <laughs> to share with you all. If the simulation gets turned off when we figure out it's a simulation, is that any different genuinely than like a really long escape the room game <laughs> where like a fox in the box from here in town where you go in and have to like solve exactly what the detective's shoe size was to unlock his door? Yeah. It's like, is that the goal? Is to is that, prove that we're in the simulation. That's the goal of the universe to like step out of it Truman Show style. Yeah. And if that's the case, what's stopping it from being me and Maddie went on our like second date in the far post-human future And we went to like an escape room in the mall. And that escape room was this simulation of us on Earth Mm -hmm. doing a podcast to figure out whether the universe is a simulation. And I'm just going to test it here once. We live in a simulation. (laughs) (laughs) Rebooting. You have one. Your score is... 69 Lamau. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, That's nice to think we're we are being controlled by us. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, free will baby. And more importantly, uh, we're real. We're real and you're fake. We're real. I'm real cuz I'm real. real. We're real. I can only prove that I'm real. Okay? Oh no. Oh no. Okay, but honestly, if you're the higher power who's controlling us listening to this, I get it. I've never played The Sims, but if fucking if I did and my sim looked at me and was like just look straight into, <laughs> into your eyes into through my, the monitor. I was like, Am I real? Am I a simulation? I'd be like, ah, delete, delete. <laughs> it really makes you think about the universe about other worlds, you know, the truth is out there. And I personally believe that there's more out there than meets the eye than we could ever possibly understand. And could these little mishaps in memory, believing Mandela passed away in prison, or the Fruit Loops being spelled with a U instead of O's, could those be glimpses into the bigger picture of our universe glitching out showing its uh underbelly i personally think that it's all thanks to the brain being awful at what it does 
The Damn. only thing that brains are consistently worse at doing than creating objective memories is accurately estimating the amount of food that it needs. True. You need Oof. you need a, a gotta have it. You need you need to go down to Cold Stone right now and you gotta have a gotta have it of your custom flavor and a little bit isn't gonna sate you. You need the largest size they have that isn't a pint. Some cases, sometimes I just need a pint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the brain is certainly very valuable. That's that's where I fall back on pretty much all of these. I mean, is it even a question? I got to talk about quantum mechanics and it was kind of uh, fun, but uh, it was just a little affair with having the fun ones. I'm, I'm, I'm married. You know what? Married. To I'm the actually logic. married to the truth. I'm married to the facts. To the pure logic. Uh-huh. Yikes. Well, I think, of course, there could be multiple universes. Of course, we could be living in a simulation. I think that people who have these memories of Mandela dying in prison came from a universe that Mandela died in prison. And that's that, period. Yeah, maybe. So think on that. If you want to give us examples of your own Mandela effect on our PayPal below... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we can talk about that in future episodes. You can find us on Instagram at an anomalous podcast. We do want to hear your Mandela effects. <laughs> we don't actually have a PayPal. I just, if anyone believes we have a PayPal, that's on you at this point. Yeah, it's on you. Put on your dunce cap. Dunce it. <laughs> Believe that Nelson Mandela deserves a better legacy than remembering whether there's an E or an A in Berenstein Bears. And believe in yourself. <sighs> Believe that I was created in this simulation by God as a cruel, cruel prank to show the angels this is what it's like. This is the darkest I can get. This is the worst of the worst. Let me give her the worst life and no motivation. And we can laugh and laugh and laugh until one day we hit reset. And believe in yourself. Believe in yourself, everybody. Aww. Believe in Gonna yourself. Get spooky, Maddie. A hug. Oh, I need a hug. <laughs> <laughs>